0: Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle?
1: Oh, like, I don't even know. Poor Caitlin has. Oh, I feel so bad. Every time we try to do this damn Zoom meeting, the first, like, three just don't work. And so, (laughs) and then it will work, and then it won't work. And then, oh, so... I feel like it's a user error, Michelle. Well, that's (laughs) her (laughs) fault, and kind of judgy. (laughs) But yeah, God, nothing makes you feel older than fucking up technology. (laughs) 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 How does this work?
0: (laughs) Seriously, well, with all the technical difficulties, I re-drank one of my drinks, so I'm ready. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I
1: made myself a. A pitcher that I figured there was no way in hell I was ever going to finish. And now I'm vaguely concerned. <laughs> that, whole picture? Yeah, that whole bottle of wine is going to be gone. Oh, my God. Well, uh, I've got a complicated story, so oh. that's going to be awesome.
0: <laughs> this is going to be a great episode, everyone. Uh, what are we drinking, Michelle?
1: Sangria! Ooh! I'm going to call this summer sangria because mm. it's very light and fruity. I always like to drink the white wine sangrias in like warm weather. And then mm. red wine sangria is for like Christmas time and Thanksgiving and cold weather. Uh, we each made our own sangria just because, I mean, obviously we're apart. I know. We uh, be together. No. So I made kind of more of a a berry sangria and then you made more of a sort of fruity citrusy also berry sangria Mm -hmm. (laughs) so which is the delightful thing about sangria is you can pretty much throw a bunch of stuff into a pitcher and you look fancy and your friends are happy and everyone gets hammered so it's just delightful so I'll say what's in mine yeah and then you get to say what's in yours
0: (laughs) no I don't want to (laughs) well I don't remember
1: Oh, all right. Angry is working its magic. Um, okay, so mine was a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. And then I put in some frozen strawberries and some frozen raspberries. Usually I put in Grand Marnier or some triple sec or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any. And I didn't want to go to the store, but I had <laughs> orange. So I squeezed in a whole orange. And then I um, had some orange slices. So that went into. And then I topped it off actually with San Pellegrino to give it a little bit of mm. sparkly, you know, delightfulness. And then it wasn't sweet enough. So I threw some strawberry puree in. So it was just a big old mishmash in a pitcher that turned out delicious.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mine was <laughs> very different. Uh, <laughs> so mine was, yeah, white wine. And then I put in some champagne and I actually did top it with some sparkling uh, water. Mm. And, um, that's pretty, And then I have a bunch of fresh fruits. I didn't have any frozen. So I cut up all the fresh fruit and put it all in there. And there we go.
1: Uh, yours look delicious. Oh, it thank you. Super refreshing and ready to go. Mine is, well, mine's half gone. We don't need to get into it. So. It's
0: easy to drink. So be <laughs> careful. Drink yeah. responsibly.
1: Drink it in the sunshine if you can.
0: Yeah, that's perfect summer drink.
1: It is. It's great. And I just like that you can sort of just go through your fridge or whatever and just what you've got, you can probably make something super delicious.
0: That's very true. Yeah. Just like throw the kitchen sink and there you go.
1: Yeah. I've used like grape concentrate before along oh. with wine. Um, that's been really good. I always like to put a little Grand Marnier in there, that little Mm -hmm. sort of orange and sweet. What else? I've also topped it with 7-Up. I've topped, you know, I mean, just something sparkly, a little bit of wine, some fruit. You're good to go. There
0: we go. I've never had the white wine uh, sangria. Sangria. Yeah, just a red wine, but I love it. It's good. All right. Are we ready?
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm ready. woo woo.
0: All right. Uh, So my story is about Matt Mina.
1: Matt Mina. All right
0: so matt is 17 years old okay okay and this is uh i believe it's i believe it's 2011 okay 2011
1: so we're kicking it back just a little bit
0: yeah it's been a while so him and some friends and family went to newport beach in california to catch some sun and hang out at the beach
1: Mm, that sounds delightful
0: it was a wednesday afternoon and they decided to dig a trench or like these two holes like these, and they want it like to meet.
1: Uh, okay, they, so like in the sand? Yes, in like, the sand. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So there's like several of them. So they're all just like taking turns, digging, and then going to go play some games. They dug six feet down, which is, oh, you know, is pretty good.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, they were going to try to connect the two giant holes, like to make a tunnel.
1: Okay. My God, this reminds me of like what I used to do when I was a kid. I used to always make these like big, like, I guess just hills out of Mm -hmm. mud. And then I would tunnel through the middle of it so I could get to the other side. So I would have this like tunnel that I could put my cars through or shove my Barbie through whatever. There (laughs) we go. So I get it. I get what they're doing.
0: Right. They just did it like a bigger, like a, a, you know, a big kid one. But it's Matt's turn, so he's continuing to dig, and the rest of them are playing like bocce ball. Okay, so they're they're out having a good time. But as Matt began to dig the connecting tunnels, it all
1: collapsed. <gasps> oh God! All the is... sand. Ugh. God, this is like my worst night. We were, it's so funny because Joel's dad was just here for a visit. Sorry to Uh interrupt, Caitlin. Telling another story. (laughs) Um, But he was, he always worked with like big excavators and all kinds of stuff. And they'd build these big trenches. And it was kind of, we talked about that it was one of his biggest fears to be down in one of those trenches and just to all the dirt could fall in on you and you're done. They can't even, wouldn't even be able to hardly dig you out in time to Mm -hmm. and if you're all alone like no one even knows you're there or I mean so anyway okay so now I'm very much on edge with uh (laughs) what's happening with Matt okay go ahead
0: so now he is stuck six feet under the sand his first thought I'm going to die which is fair
1: yeah fair
0: so he is face down so when sand like fell on him it pretty much just pushed him he was laying flat so his arms were actually like behind his back. So he couldn't oh. move his arms. He couldn't move his legs at all.
1: Oh, God. This is giving me very physical like sensations in my body because this, right? is, this is upsetting. Oh, God. What He
0: was able to do, though, because since he was face down, he was able to move his head side to side a little bit. And that gave him a little pocket of air because he was face down. So the sand was like on his head. So with him moving, he was able to make a space between some sand and his mouth. So he could breathe a little bit.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: Matt. But otherwise, he couldn't move at all. He could just move his head just a tiny bit.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So a few minutes later, Matt's cousin went to tell him that two pretty girls arrived at the beach and they wanted to hang out with them. Like, Uh Haley. (laughs) But when he comes to... The two holes. He sees that it's completely flat and filled in, and no sign of Matt. So he, of course, knows he may be under there.
1: Oh well, fortunately, he's just sort of assuming the worst, like, "Oh, Matt must have gone to the bathroom, so <laughs> right?" I'm gonna go yeah. hang out with the ladies again. <laughs> so.
0: No, that's good because he quickly notified lifeguards, and then he just started digging himself. He was just trying to frantic yeah but he was digging in the wrong area and he was actually getting sunken into the sand as well and people had to pull him out and he was up to his waist so oh, okay. it was just sand is just so dangerous it's just
1: oh my god it really is especially when the tide is coming in
0: mm-hmm. and you know it
1: just gets so much i guess like quicksand almost you know right and we
0: know about quicks- oh. quicksand
1: Yeah, it's not good <laughs>
0: So the lifeguards also notified uh, paramedics and also bystanders saw what was happening as well. So everyone grabbed whatever they could and just started digging. Paramedics, bystanders, lifeguards, his friends and family. There was about 40 people just digging as fast as they could.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) Matt's cousin thought he has been down there way too long to... You know, mm, survive. We're going to
1: be pulling out a body, not yeah. not Matt.
0: Ooh. Matt at this time, he can't hear anything. He knows people can't hear him yell for help. He is unfortunately now, goes unconscious at this oh. time.
1: Yeah, that little pocket of air didn't last mm-hmm. as long as we Wait. hoped.
0: So even though 40 people were digging as fast as they can, it was a total of 30 minutes before they reached Matt.
1: Oh, oh my gosh
0: that's so long to be buried alive
1: yeah yeah that is 30 minutes too long but
0: matt actually gains consciousness when he hears people yelling and then they're grabbing at him as well so he wakes up a little bit so now he is half conscious and is extremely surprised that he has survived this whole ordeal
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: so they get Matt onto the gurney to head to the hospital, but the straps holding him down made him feel panicked and claustrophobic. He states, oh,
1: yeah. mm-hmm.
0: he states... It kind of freaked me out. I thought I was being buried again. I could feel the sand and the compression. But fortunately for Matt, I mean, he left the hospital only three hours later, and he was oh, completely my fine. Hmm.
1: Well, Probably not completely fine. He's probably well, got a little bit... <laughs> He's done with small spaces and sand for a long time. Yeah, that's true.
0: That is fair. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Uh, Matt has been picking sand out of his ears and hair for several several days after the incident.
1: Oh my gosh! I bet.
0: Yeah, but the gritty feel of sand now gives Matt the chills. Like he is. Yeah, he's done with sand. He's, he's out. He's like Anakin. You know, it just gets I'm everywhere. The
1: mountains this time. We're gonna yeah. go skiing. Actually, now you could probably in an avalanche so maybe not he's staying home he's <laughs> with vacations forever
0: he's done he's done <laughs> but yeah no I mean he is very lucky to be alive and he's so thankful for everyone who came together to save his life could you imagine just 40 people like grab they, they had like and- yeah they had they were digging with their hands or digging with whatever they could find like like flippers for snorkeling like whatever would help everyone was there and there was actually a video of it as well of all the people digging for him oh, so you can find gosh. that on youtube actually so
1: <laughs> that's uh, crazy it's always mm-hmm. awesome though when you see sort of everyone getting together and working mm-hmm. together to save somebody i think there was another one that was we told a long time ago where it was like a kid out in sea and they all held hands to make oh, a yeah. to like get out to rescue him, and it's like oh People can be so amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can be yeah, in, but then they can be incredible. So
0: faith in Mandy restored for sure Indeed.
1: at that point.
0: So, so he's very, very lucky. I've been watching. It's like from 2006, I think. It's called Bondi Beach Rescue, and it's from Australia. <laughs> oh and my goodness! All these. It's crazy because I don't know because we don't really have. Well, in Oregon, at least. Like a big lifeguard because people don't go swimming in the Oregon coast. It's no. too cold. It's way too cold. I know. But are in there are
1: places with lifeguards. I can't even think of a single beach that would have one.
0: No, I can't think of one either. But there in Australia, they have this giant lifeguard thing, and people are he's they're driving, and so many people like have issues because oh. they don't understand like you know the rip tides and being. They get tired. It's easy to get really tired swimming, especially and you know pushed around by waves and such. Knocking you over,
1: man. You just get like tumbled like you're in a washing machine. Sometimes I know when we were in Hawaii, um, it was always kind of fun. Uh, We could hear the lifeguard from our hotel room, and so we'd just like hang out and listen to them. And it was like you in the red shorts you need to get away from those rocks or you're gonna <laughs> have a bad day. And it was just like, you're gonna have a bad day. Like that was just what he said to everyone who was doing something they shouldn't yeah. have been doing. So it was kind of entertaining, but we didn't see him have to rescue anyone. Thankfully. That oh. is
0: lucky. That's really good.
1: Oh, but man.
0: yeah, I'm not really much a fan of sand either. I mean, I like walking in it at the beach you know when it's warm but other than that it does get everywhere and it's awful yeah
1: yeah that is true I just remember in that same trip like you take a shower after being at the beach and like there the whole bottom of the shower is just coated in sand it's like what I sat on the beach for like 30 minutes what happened I shouldn't have sand there that's upsetting so yeah. Not exactly. Hmm.
0: <laughs> well, good job, Matt. Thank. Oh, so smart though for moving your head just to see if you can get a little pocket, which he did. So that that's what saved his life. So he can breathe at least a little bit.
1: And just your arms being trapped behind you. Forget yeah. it. that sound. Like that's the worst part of the whole thing. Is mm-hmm. you can't do anything other than move your head a little bit. Oh my god, yeah. this is upsetting. terrible. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> Oh, uh, terrible. It is so scary. Be careful, everyone. Oh my gosh. Don't dig giant holes in the sand. Just...
1: Yeah. Don't be tunneling in the sand. No. Just just stay away from it. Absolutely. Oh my goodness.
0: Well, Michelle, let's hear your story.
1: I know. Well, speaking of claustrophobic kind of situations, we got another one, baby. <laughs> so... Oh my gosh. You're so on the same page. I know. It's like awesome. So... I mean, I guess probably not for Matt and for Jason, as we're about to hear. Jason. Yeah. So this story is about Jason Story is actually his name. And we're going back to December 5th, 2015. So just a few years after yours. So on this morning, uh, Jason is getting prepared for his day. Him and five of his friends are going to go cave exploring. They're already already now. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Forget it. Uh... Yeah, it's just it's going to be as bad as we think. (laughs) Great, great. Weather alert. (laughs) The cave that they're planning on going to is a remote spot that's 80 miles northwest of his home in Duncan, which is in Canada's Vancouver islands. Okay. Which, okay, okay. Um, if you haven't been, they're totally gorgeous. They're a lot of fun. It's a great day trip and just a gorgeous area. So Jason gets himself dressed for the wet weather and he pretty much had himself prepared for any predicament. He had a t-shirt, he had two sweatshirts, a pair of overalls, neoprene socks, a water resistant jacket and rubber boots. And he also had his brand new helmet and headlamp. So he was ready to go. So he pretty much bends down to his wife and tells her to sleep in. And she's like, be careful. And he's like, of course, always I'll be careful. And he heads out. So it's 6 (laughs) a.m. And Jason is actually um, has only gone caving four other times. So he's fairly fairly new to the sport, a bit mm-hmm. of a novice, and so this where they're going is to a cave called Cascade, which is a pretty advanced cave system. But he's going with five other guys, and one in particular has a lot of experience. He was actually a cave guide, guide? Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, and also a paramedic, and so he felt oh. he like it was going to be okay, so. This cave system, you actually have to, the entry is blocked and it's locked with a metal door and you have to go, so you can't just like roll in if you're just out hiking. Mm -hmm. You actually have to go to this other building a ways away and have everyone in your party sign waivers that essentially you're not going to sue them if you die in there. And then it's a sign not to go be like, "Mm, you know what, guys, I think I'm out on this. one. So I guess this is uh, this particular cave is a mile long and 338 feet deep. And it has a lot of twists and turns and barely passable passageways. Like Uh, you have to like really squeeze through. No. Yeah. So barf, barf, barf. All the while, while they're, he's getting ready, they're getting the key, doing all this. It's raining pretty steady no! and pretty hard. Yeah, I know. Like it's, you just, you probably shouldn't even be cave diving if it's raining now, in my opinion.
0: Uh, The place is locked. You have to sign a waiver. It's raining. I mean, how many red flags do we got? <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, everyone felt pretty good still at this point. So yeah, here we go. So let's kind of we'll give you a rundown of everyone who's there okay so we have jason who is our outlier of the group he has the least amount of experience and actually he's the oldest by like more than a decade so he's 43 everyone else is in their 30s so welcome to my whole life you know i'm 45 (laughs) you're fucking young as hell all my other friends are young as hell i can't even so i'm jason in this whole scenario (laughs) So Jason is uh, a father of two and a university drama graduate, but cute. He is, what's that? Oh, cute.
0: Like father, oh. you know. Okay. Sorry.
1: You're done. Caitlin. I know. <laughs> no more commentary for you. <laughs> no, just kidding. I love it. Okay. He was a drama graduate turned entrepreneur. So he has his own window washing company. There's his friend, Andrew who's 33, and he's the one who introduced him to the sport, and he is the one who is the expert caver, the former caving dive, and the paramedic. And then they met with two other friends, Adam and Zach. Adam is also a paramedic. So, I mean, I think he felt pretty safe because they had two experienced divers that were also paramedics, you know. So what could go wrong? We also have Zach Who is a chef and a volunteer firefighter and then we have matt and arthur who are both computer programmers so there's six people rolling into this cave together so they drive up the unmarked trail for about a half a mile and then they uh park in a clearing and then they sort of take inventory of all their stuff and they make sure they've got bags with it has a small gas-fueled stove Um, they've got food they've got water they've got a first aid kit mylar space blankets you know they've got ropes harnesses carabiners i mean they've got everything they need Mm -hmm. so they're well stocked to be heading in on this pretty dangerous cave diving expedition but they're feeling pretty good about it so they hike a bit and then they get to the door and so i guess this door is sits on the ground so it's kind of like a trap door Oh, okay. You got to open the door. You got to unlock it, open the door. And then there's this aluminum ladder that you got to go down that goes down about 30 feet. Uh And so that gets you to the first level of the cave. So they all make their way down. They tie the key to the bottom of the ladder, as I guess you're supposed to do. And then they head out. And it's actually very damp and very chilly in the cave. So it's like 41 degrees. But they've got their headlamps and they walk down the narrow passageways. There's the drip, drip, drip of all the water, you know, (laughs) and otherwise it's pretty quiet. Great. And uh, soon they are wading in water that's up to their ankles. So they're walking through all the water and now the water is actually up to their shins. But they're still feeling pretty good about it. Okay. Andrew, who's kind of the has you know somewhat the leader of the group, is like, Everyone okay? And you know, yeah, yeah, I'm fine too. You know, kind of everyone's good. But about 45 minutes in, one of our guys, Adam, announces that he just can't go any further. His he injured his back, and all the hunching and wading through this water is really kind of taking its toll. Okay, Matt escorts Adam. Back to the beginning, and then everyone waits for him, and then he comes back and joins them again. So it takes him about I don't know ninety minutes or so for him okay. to go back to the entrance and then come back.
0: That's what I thought because you said they're forty five minutes in and they have to walk all the way back and him all the way. Like that's a long time just to be sitting yeah. in the cold wetness.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so I do wonder if that plays into kind of what happens later um you know cuz they aren't able to really keep on going at the stride they were you know so now they're stopped and not moving and cold and damp and wet so now for the next uh 90 minutes once Matt has gotten back with the group uh they start exploring more of the cave and now they have to do there's points where they have to crawl and sort of slide through areas i know it's like my uh-huh. worst case scenario i want no part of it So a lot of the passages, like I said, were super narrow and barely a grown man could fit their way through it. But then there was other areas that were like huge and, you know, like big hallways and that type of thing. You know, like I imagine Mordor was, or not Mordor, Moria from Lord (laughs) of the Rings. Anyway, I won't go into that. So as they're going, though, they're always trying to keep sight of each other. Mm -hmm. So they tried not to get too far away At most they would get maybe a hundred feet away, but they could still see the person in front of them just fine. And so now, you know, Jason is like, this is incredible. You know, he's just in awe of all of his surroundings. And, you know, Andrew had told him that there's over a thousand caves and tunnels on Victoria Island or excuse me, Vancouver Island. And he says, it's never the same. And Cascade is just nothing that he's ever seen before. Like, it's just incredible. But it sounds like the environment kind of changes and it's probably due to, you know, all the different rains and stuff that comes in. Soon they approach this feature that makes the cave unique and sort of where it gets its name. It's a narrow passage that is not tall or not big enough for anyone to stand and it leads into a short, tight downhill passage and it's called the bastard's crawl great (laughs) this is like and so four streams from different areas all meet there and so the water sort of converges and starts moving much more quickly and so what they have to do is crab walk their way through it so they have to get on all fours face up you know so their head Still be above water, like they're essentially planning on sort of floating down this bastard's crawl face up, trying to sort of hold on to the (sighs) cave below them.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right, okay.
1: So, once they emerge from the bastard's crawl, they approach the top of a waterfall called Double Trouble, and it's named this because there's rock that juts out from the waterfall that sort of splits it in two, and so that's why it's called Double Trouble. And so they set their ropes and they grapple down at this point at the bottom, there's just huge sprays of water and bubbles. And it's just a very fast moving body of water. And that's why it's called Cascade. It comes from this Bastard's Crawl where four streams converge, starts moving very swiftly down this waterfall into this other sort of underground river that moves very quickly. Okay. Jason descends and he's just, his heart is beating out of his chest. He was like, you wanted a harder challenge. You got it. And he's trying to, you know, keep his cool. And he was actually able to get to the bottom with not a whole lot of problems. They stop for a quick bite. They turn on their gas stove and they heat up some chicken stew with rice and pretty much just have sort of a hot lunch while they take a 20 minute break. Huh, okay, and then they're they pack up and now they're on their way again, slipping and sliding and crawling their way down to the cave's end, which is about less than a quarter of a mile away. But when they get only about three hundred feet along towards the end of the cave, Zach begins shivering violently, oh,, and so they know that it's probably it's cold inside the cave, and they've been soaking wet, and now they've stopped again for a little while so they're thinking he's probably got some hypothermia is beginning to set in oh gosh I need to get him up and out of the cave so they turn around they start retracing their route so Matt goes then Arthur then Jason Zach and then Andrew finally they're
0: 300 feet from the end and they have to go all the way back
1: well they're from the 300 from the end in the inside Like, there's not another hole. Oh, they just have to, they always had to go back the same way. Right, yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like they're going to poke out into sunshine at the end of the 300 feet. It's just the end of the cave system. So yeah. So now they (sighs) have quite a hike back. Caitlin's done with this entire story. (laughs) I guess uh, spelunking is not going to be maybe your your hobby of choice. I just
0: want someone to tell me like why it's a good idea and why people do it. I just don't understand it. I don't understand. I don't like being cold. I don't like to be in small places. And I don't think my hips would even make it through the trap door. So I just don't understand (laughs) any of it.
1: We're through. I know. I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, it is cool to like, wow, look at this underground thing, but the danger just doesn't seem worth it to me right? Joel like has this idea of, you know, caving and he wants a cave system on the property. And it's like, Oh, that's scary. So you can have a
0: cave when you can have a pool. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Caitlin. Okay.
1: Pool first. (laughs) All right. So now our, our cavers are heading back and, uh, they know they've got you know, a few hours. They've been underground for a few hours at this point, so they got a few hours back. But they're noticing that there's just way more mud on the way back. It's like oh. sticking to their heels. It's just just more of a hardship, and so it's just it's taking them much longer to get back than they than it did to go down. You know, they're also moving uphill. You know, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So now it's two fifteen p.m. Again, they started at what, like 6 a.m.? Yeah. And they're approaching double trouble, the waterfall. And the water has now turned into a roar. Like, oh. it was, you know, a pretty significant waterfall before, but now it's just like doubled in volume. I mean, it's just much more than it was when they first. And they're like... It was manageable before now, but now it, or it was manageable before, but now it's like this crazy, angry waterfall with all this froth. And it's like, oh shit, is this all the rain? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. So Matt hooks his rope to the left of double trouble and starts sort of making, hauling himself up. He's in a sling and he's got a pulley system. So he's able to haul himself up. And it's only like 50 feet. It's tough and precise work, but he's actually able to get up with relative ease. And so he throws the rope back down and then Arthur comes up and then Jason. So at the top, Jason has to sort of get on his stomach and kind of pull himself up to the top of Mm -hmm. this falls. And now he's got to pull himself up into the incline of the bastard's crawl. So he's before they had to crab walk so he's gonna try it again because there's just not a lot of room on the top of this waterfall it's like there's enough room for one person and that's Mm -hmm. it so he needs to get up and out of the way before the next person can come up so he's going through the bastard's crawl and the water is of course deeper than it was and it just smashes into his face and the water is super cold he's just Mm -hmm. like oh my god this water is cold But he's able to emerge out the opening and into the next tight passage. But then he pauses, kind of puzzled, because he realizes that it had split in two and he had sort of gone off in the wrong direction. Oh, gosh. He can't see anybody in front of him. He can't figure out where everyone is. And then he like sort of figures out, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong spot. So now he's got to go back through the Bastard's Crawl again to try to go back up the correct way. Oh my gosh. It's a nightmare. That sounds awful. So Jason starts to crab walk back down the Bastard's Crawl. And all of a sudden, because of the strong current, he's swept onto his back and is completely submerged. Yeah. So Jason knows that if he doesn't get out of the crawl fast enough, the surge of water is just going to sort of pop him out the other end. And then he'll just roll over double trouble and head down on the rocks 50 feet below.
0: Oh, gosh. So
1: he's really trying to get out with control. But then he's finding his boot is stuck. So he's now his boot is between two rock shelves. So he's on his back with water rushing over the top of him. He's able to sort of get himself up out of the water enough to try to call for help. But really all it ends up being is he's just sort of trying to gulp down air and Mm -hmm. is not able to call for help at all essentially his life flashing before his eyes. You know, he's thinking of his wife and he's thinking of his two kids. His son, Jack, loves airplanes and his three-year-old <laughs> princess, you know, his poppy. And, you know, so he's just thinking of kind of the worst as he's, of course, trapped underwater with his foot stuck. And so Zach, who was behind jason in the line to head up double trouble is at the top of it and he's like jason's in trouble because he sees right away that he's stuck in this god-awful spot right so andrew gets up to the top of double trouble as well and he so now he's behind zach and he gets to the bottom of the crawl and he's like head up jason you know trying to like get his friend to kind of get up and be above water. They just, because of, it's just such a tight spot and there's only a couple feet to the whole passageway, they just, like, can't get to him. It's really difficult. So they're trying to, like, get him to pull out. And he's just like, I can't, I can't. And, you know, lift your butt, float, do all these things. And he's just, he's finally able to get his face above the water long enough to say that his leg is caught.
0: Oh no. Okay. He's
1: like, Oh, and Jason said that he didn't even recognize his own voice. It was very slurred and slow, like as if he had suffered a stroke, but he just, and I'm assuming that's more because, you know, the water and he's freezing and in this awful situation, he keeps trying to dislodge his boot, but it just won't budge. And so Andrew is trying to keep him calm. It's okay, dude, you know, and he's reaches in into the rushing water and he's fishing around for the boot and finally he's able to grab onto something solid and he's like, "Is this it?" and Jason's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, we've got ourselves into a jam, but we're going to get our get out of this together." So, 20 minutes after getting stuck, Jason is actually able to emerge from the bastard's crawl and he's with Andrew and he's able to settle him down on this narrow ledge that's just above the water. And so just to kind of like, we need to get you calmed down and make sure you're safe, you know, and you've been underwater and this has been awful. So, uh, so he's like, you're okay. You're okay. And he's like, Zach, you need to stay with Jason while I go up ahead to get the supply bags. It takes him about 15 minutes and on his return, Andrew tells Zach that the water is still rising. And so he should join Matt and Arthur just beyond the Bastard's Crawl to kind of move up and out. And so, Andrew, I'm going to go back and try to stay with Jason to get him warmed up. But if we don't catch up to you in a half an hour, notify search and rescue. Um, like something, something worse is going on. So which one was already having hypothermic? That was Zach. Zach. Okay. So yeah. So they, cause they, so yeah, they want to get Zach out of there as soon as they can. So now it's really Andrew and Jason there. Everyone else has moved up and is continuing towards the exit. And so Andrew's fear is of course that Jason is now also turning hyperthermic. He's cold, but now he's so cold that he stopped shivering, which is, I think, not oh. a good sign.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> it's like when you stop sweating when you have heat stroke, you know. So he wraps him up in the Mylar blanket and he fires up that gas propane stove and so he starts to warm him up by uh he started boiling water and sort of pouring the warm water all over Jason. So oh wow. He got a lot more comfortable and Jason's color started to return to normal. Oh good. He's like, "Welcome back, buddy. Do you feel oh, like you want God. to get out of here?" And they knew they were at least an hour hike to the entrance. Still. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: So they start to climb, but they're just inundated with water. They're fighting it. The water's just crushing them and pushing them back. When they finally get near the top of the crawl, uh, there's barely four inches of air left between the water and the top of the cave. No. And so they're like, it's too high. We got to turn back. It's too much. So they go back to they. Jason spotted that ledge. And so they were able to sort of get onto this little tiny ledge that's sticking out the side of the cave wall. And there was just barely enough room for the two of them. So they perch up there and there it's you know, he's got his legs braced to like, so they don't go tumbling off. Mm. I mean, so he, Andrew has to pretty much keep his muscles engaged like the entire time. Oh my gosh. Jason don't go tumbling off this tiny little ledge. And the water just keeps rising. So, it's almost to the the ledge to where they are. And they said that it's just it was like wind coming at them just from the sheer force of the water. You know, so not only is the water sweeping by underneath them, but they're they have all this wind to fight from the water. So it's just Nightmare. This whole thing is just my worst nightmare. I want no part of it. So now it's 6 p.m. So they have been underground for 12 hours and they're about 200 feet underground at this point. Zach left them and everyone else left them about three hours ago and they huddle together under that blanket. Unfortunately, their gas stove is now out of fuel. But Jason was like, if we don't get out of here, our wives are going to kill us. You're goddamn right. (laughs) Well said, Jason. So they decided to conserve their batteries and so they, uh, of their headlights, so they turned those off. And so they were pretty much just sitting in the dark, trying to stay perched onto the stupid ledge. So Jason pulls from his drama training and is able to calm his breathing and really start, you know, taking deep breaths and, you know, calm himself down. He tries to warm his face by bringing his sweatshirt up over his nose. Of course, he's still thinking about his family. He's wondering how much life insurance he has. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I know. Ugh. So there's no sign of rescuers. And so they're wondering, like, did the others even make it out? <laughs> and maybe they're lying on the other side of the bastards crawl and blocked by water and they're injured or dead. Who even knows? But what they don't know is that the men did, in fact, make it out and were able to call for help. And so around 9 p.m., members of the ground and cave search and rescue squads get to the scene and go into the cave. But unfortunately, the water is just too ferocious. Oh, my gosh. Too strong. And they would have to try again later. So hours pass by. Jason and Andrew are too scared to even move because again, they might go flying off. They can't even sleep because they're afraid if they doze off, they'll go tipping off the edge. And so every 20 minutes, they're waking each other up and it's like, Hey man, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, how awful. Oh, I know. So every night, once in a while, they would turn on their headlight to sort of scan the water. And what they noticed that around 5.00 AM, the water seemed to to be receding. A little oh. bit so like, let's wait a little bit and see what's going on and About an hour later, the water had gone down enough that they felt like they could go through that passage that was unpassable before, so they were completely stiff. they at that point, they had been sitting on that perch for twelve hours. Oh my gosh, yeah, and Jason pretty much just screamed out in pain because his the muscle in his groin had been so strained. From holding his legs so so he wouldn't fall off, but he was like, "Fuck it, that's not going to stop me. I'm getting my yeah. ass out." So getting on all fours, they go through that damn bastard's crawl again, <laughs> and they make it out the other side. And so over the next 90 minutes, they make their way back to the entrance at times where the water was chest high, but wow. they just, they're rocking and rolling. And they can see the passage ahead, and they all of a sudden see something flicker in the distance, and they're like, "Lights, there's lights!" Yeah. Oh my God!" <laughs> and so they call out, "We're here, we're here." and uh searchers and search and rescuers were able to, searchers and rescuers, I don't know rescuers were able to get Jason and Andrew up and out of the cave, so they were they exited the cave twenty hours after we <laughs> entered it. And at this point, now Jason's emotions have finally, like, come over and he starts, you know, crying and be like, we made it, we made it. And they did. So, and to this day, Jason and Andrew still go cave diving together, go caving together.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's, I mean, good for them, but... uh...
1: I think that would be it for me. I think I'd be done. And I would like to think that Joel would be like, you need to stop that sport. You know, (laughs) that was too much for me to handle.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or just do one that you don't have to like crawl, just like (laughs) stroll through the cave, you know?
1: Exactly. Thank you, Caitlin. Oh, poor Uh, thing. Jason and Andrew and crew, you were braver than I.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That takes a certain person, and I just am not that person.
1: That is... <laughs> no, same girl, same. Ugh. I saw the descent, and there's a part where the girl gets kind of stuck, and her friends are all trying to pull her out. And it's like this is the worst. Oh yeah. my god! No. I can't. No. 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 No.
0: <laughs> I don't like the dark. Like I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of what's in the dark that I can't see. I don't,
1: I know. I always, we have this long hallway that's really dark. Like everything else in our building is pretty light, but when you're going to the bathroom, you know, Mm -hmm. at 3. AM there's this this really long hallway and it's really dark at the end. And it always creeps me out every single time. It's like, Oh, and then I'm like running back to our room (laughs) And all I can imagine is like something right there behind me, like, and yeah. it's all to get to the room where there's light as fast as I can.
0: That's what I always did. Like if I had to go up the stairs, like turn off oh, the light and then run up the stairs. Yeah, because... because
1: it's at your heels. If you
0: yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> I'm getting scared right now. So funny. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. Well. Yeah. Very claustrophobic uh, episode, indeed. <laughs>
1: yeah. oh my God. It made me very uncomfortable. If I'm being perfectly honest.
0: Yeah, I'm not feeling okay. So. <laughs> yeah. It could be the wine, though. I know. <laughs> you can say. Well,
1: thank goodness we had the sangria to see us through. Yeah. I keep accidentally swallowing the stupid fruit whole. Oh, Michelle. So, I know. I've survived the sangria barely
0: gosh just watching you choke on zoom i'd be like i i don't know what to do
1: you're texting joel yeah
0: (laughs) holy go 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 oh
1: terrible sorry oh man wow okay well
0: i mean if you like cave diving cool like i don't try to be mean but i just i just don't
1: understand
0: i just don't (laughs) get it but to each their own you know
1: that's right. I mean, it's I guess like I
0: w- mountain climbing.
1: I yeah. just, that's not for me, you know, but it absolutely is for some people.
0: I mean, would I go skydiving? Maybe. I mean, maybe. Mm,
1: I don't even know. I don't, I don't even... know. Either. See, it's just... Yeah.
0: It's, is it worth it? Well, I, I to be know.
1: honest, Caitlin, doing this uh, podcast with yeah. you is really like a roadmap of what not to do in the <laughs> world. And it's really taken a lot of things off the list. Yeah. <laughs> what I will be willing to do. We're just living a sheltered life now because we just can't even go outside. <laughs> We're too scared. Yeah. Oh, Lord. And then you can't stay in the apartment or whatever because it's too dark and scary and who knows what's <laughs> going to come out and get you.
0: No, Michelle, <laughs> this one's about survival. Everyone survives. Go out Good and live point. your life.
1: Good point, Caitlin. Just not whatever. in a cave.
0: <laughs> there you go. I'm wow. Kidding. Okay, well, hopefully everyone is in a big white space right now and... Uh... <laughs>
1: well you're listening to stuck this. in an elevator somewhere or oh, some mm-hmm. tiny little box or i don't know what i don't know why you'd be in a box whatever i'm done
0: we don't keep shame here michelle
1: <laughs> thank you
0: <Okay. laughs> oh goodness all right everyone well if you enjoyed this episode please uh keep listening to the other ones you know <laughs> uh and uh we'll see you guys next time thanks for listening goodbye
1: goodbye <laughs> <laughs>